Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. So I have the honor and privilege of leading City of Life Christian Academy as the principal. Um, And I'm so excited to get to share today. Um, But I want to take a moment and just honor the right people, right? And today I want to honor our pastors, Pastor Jeff and Amy, our founding pastors, Drs. Gary and Janice Smith. And Pastor Jeff, you know, you made that movie, Southern Gospel, about living the dream. But City of Life Christian Academy was part of that dream. And we are living it 32 years later. City of Life Christian Academy has been open since 1991. And here we are, generations. We have people at our school whose parents graduated from City of Life Christian Academy, and that is incredible. Pastor Justin being one of them, Malachi, you saw him in the video. And of course, I want to honor Dr. Harkum. I don't know if she's in the room. Yeah, there she is. Come on, Dr. Harkum, get up for a moment. She's so faithfully led, yes, so faithfully led our school. And I love that she's still at our school and she mentors me. You're an incredible mentor. She's um, really counseling our students. I love that. And still just so involved in everything that we do. And lastly, but probably most important, I want to thank our teachers. Some of them are here in the room. Come on, guys. There they are. They're right there in the third and fourth row. So honored. Thank you for everything that you do. And of course, Hannah Flippo. She's my right-hand woman. Love you, Hannah. You know, and the vision of City of Life is to always partner with City of Life Christian Academy. And today, I just want to let you know that Kolka was a dream. We say Kolka for short. You didn't know I'm going to try to say City of Life Christian Academy, but that's a handful. But Kolka has always been a dream, and it's so incredible to see that here we are 32 years later living in that dream. And really, what I love about Kolka, it's an opportunity for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, and it's just an opportunity for us to be an extension of who Jesus is to these young minds. We literally teach all the way, we have three-year-olds all the way to flourishing 18-year-olds. But it's something that we take very serious here. I also want to take a moment to talk about what happened yesterday. I love my city. It was an incredible day. That's another ministry here at City of Life. And just give you some stats. We had 140 volunteers, 686 snack packs for the Ronald McDonald House. That's the most we've ever made. And 396 cars got some free gas. Come on, that is something worthy to celebrate. And just like we do I Love My City, every day we get to be Jesus to young minds. And today my verse The scripture that I'm going to be focusing on comes from John 17, verse 21, and it reads, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. 
Today I want to talk about unity. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given me to stand on this altar and bring a word, God, a word of unity. I pray that it not only encourage, but that it turn hearts to you, that it turn hearts to understand the seriousness of what it means to represent you in everything that we do. I pray that any heart that is in here that is maybe just on the verge of what they should do, that today your Holy Spirit will convict, will correct, and will turn hearts to you, Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, let's give it up for Jesus. So you may or may not know this about me, but I am an only child. Any only children in the room? I feel like I've said that before. We got some only children. It's fun. It's a little lonely sometimes. But basically, I grew up, everything's mine. Like, I didn't have to share, right? Do you identify with me, only children? I did not have to share. You know, if you have multiple kids, you know sharing is probably... Parenting 101, right? Sharing is a big deal. So I lived my whole life by myself, just my mom and my dad, my own room, my own bathroom, my own toys. Yeah, my cousins would come. It was fun. But one day, my parents tell me, I believe I was in 10th grade, my parents told me, guess what? Your cousin is coming from Puerto Rico. I'm like, yeah, I love her so much. She's amazing. She's going to live with us. <laughs> and I'm like... What? Okay, cool. That, that's going to be fun. And y'all, we shared, my parents made me share everything. I even had to share my bed with this girl. <laughs> I was like, why can't she take the guest room? It's got a futon in it. She can't sleep in there. We shared a bathroom, one sink, one bed. It was, it was, it was bad. And I was not used to that. I was not used to having to share my space with anyone. And she was so cheery in the morning. You know, if you go in high school, you know, school starts like at 7.20, right? So I had to wake up super early, still dark outside, and she's telling me about her dreams, going into depth, and I'm like, I do not want to hear this. Be quiet. This was before I started drinking coffee. So anyway, I just was not... I was not happy about it. But I quickly realized that my cousin became my greatest ally. Especially as little 16-year-old Madi wanted to hang out with her friends. By the way, she lived with us for a long time. She lived with us, I would say, like 15 or 16 years old, all the way till I got married, so about 23, 24. So anyway, I realized quickly that if me and her could unite, I could stay home. My, I could stay out of the house past my bedtime a little longer. It was just, was fun. We would go out. We both started driving, hanging out with the youth group. And I remembered this one time, my parents, they were really strict, by the way. They let me go to Atlanta to go to Six Flags. They would have never have let me go by myself. But because I had her... And she had me, my parents let me go. By this way, my husband and I were friends at this time. So mom said, you can go, 
take Anthony too. Anyway, that's another story. But I quickly realized, my mom really liked him from the beginning, but I quickly realized the value, the value that we had, that I had when me and my cousin would unite when we were in unity, when we wanted the same things, because we would benefit from the same things. And I think at some point in your life, you could probably identify what it feels like to be united or to be in alliance with someone. You could also maybe identify what it feels like to be in disunity with someone what it feels like to not be in communion or in unity. But it can be a sibling. It could be a spouse, a friend group. How about your church family? How about the people that you see every week here? What does it feel like to be in unity? And what does it feel like to not be in unity? Have you ever felt unseen? Had a situation that caused disunity? Division? That hurts. Causes pain. It feels nice to be in unity with someone, but it's sad and lonely when you're not. You know, it's very easy for a church this size to come and feel left out, maybe feel unseen or not part of something. But what would your life look like if you actually decided to say, hey, I'm gonna, I wanna be a part of that. I wanna be a part of that ministry. I wanna go to I Love My City. I wanna maybe go serve, I wanna go to Growth Track. You know what, I want my child to check out this internship program. What if you were able to have a conversation with someone that was like-minded, with someone that lifted you up? What if you could just call for a, a friend for godly encouragement? What if you could be that for someone? What would our church, what would our school, what would our ministry program look like if you decided to be united in vision with us? What if you actually decided to do growth track, to join a small group, to start serving? There's so many ways you can serve here. There's so many ways for you to be united. You can greet people, take care of our sweet babies, help people find their seats. You can get on a camera and be part of that team that allows viewers all over the world and online that can't be here in person to get an excellent service? And what if you decided to partner with one of our biggest ministries here, City of Life Christian Academy? As principal of this amazing ministry and this amazing school, I get to see firsthand what we do. And I just want to take a moment to kind of tell you some stories of what are some things that we get to do on a daily basis. And I want to talk a little bit about a story that one of our teachers, Mrs. Ojeda, she's here in the room, shared with me the other day and shared with our team. 
she's our Bible teacher, and she was just talking about forgiveness and repentance and how God loves you. And a little eighth grader came to her after class in tears, just saying, if I did something wrong, would God really forgive me? Would he love me? Would he forget what I did? And I love that she had the opportunity to speak truth to this young man, to speak the love of God and say nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. Amen. That's not something you see. Let me tell you, I work in a private school, but I used to work for many years in a public school. That is not something you see. It's actually not allowed. You do not speak about God. You do not pray over students. You do not I mean, you all know, I don't even have to say it. But isn't that incredible that she had the opportunity? I, as a principal, our team gets to meet with families who started off the year one way, rough. I remember sitting down with a young high schooler. He was new to our school, came from public school, and he, he was having a tough first semester, first quarter. And I remember sitting him, and I was like, hey, you have to adjust to the culture of City of Life Christian Academy. I know you're new. I know you did not grow up in a Christian home, but here we speak the truth of Jesus. We speak about the love of Jesus, and we have these core values at City of Life Christian Academy, and they are stewardship, peacemaker, integrity, respectfulness, innovativeness, and truthfulness. And I said, if you do not align yourself to those things, you are going to have to leave. And I am so proud to say that just last month he received student of the week because of his incredible transformation. I mean, our teachers know exactly who I'm talking about, our high school teachers. And he not only is doing better, but his language is better. He is going to his teachers and saying, what can I do to lead the class? And his teachers are, and you'll see him like, hey guys, we gotta be quiet, we gotta do our work, we gotta do what's right. He is one of our athletes, He's come, you see him in chapel lifting his hands. I mean, it's incredible. It's right here in our, our backyard. Send your high school students to this internship program. If you are an 18-year-old plus, come to our interest meeting. What is the, our school of ministry all about? How could you unite in vision with our schools? Yes, we want to fill our school. We want to invite you to our school. We want to invite you to the school of ministry. We want to encourage you to get your child a biblical worldview when it comes to education or their experience with working in ministry. But you may be sitting here today and saying, I don't have children or I already had children, they already graduated. You can unite with us in prayer. You can say, hey, Pastor Madi, hey, Pastor Jessica, how can I help? What can I do to get involved? I really encourage you today after service to Go to our, our lobby area. We have a table set up for our City of Life Christian Academy, also for our internship program. Come to our interest meeting today. These are two dynamic ministries that God is using here at City of Life, and that is how we stay united. God's plan for us is to be in unity. 
not only with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's a given, but with each other. With what God is doing here in our church and in our community. Yesterday, I spoke at the beginning of my sermon, what God did yesterday here, how we united and were able to bless so many people with these snacks, with free gas. And we clearly see in John 17, Jesus praying to the Father. They have been one from the beginning, and he says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. You see, this speaks to the foundation of our unity, which is the same as the foundation of unity between the Father and the Son. You see, Jesus is giving us a glimpse of what unity looks like. And what unity can produce. Unity is so important to Jesus. You see, a few verses before, Jesus is praying that the disciples be unified. And the fact that he repeats the prayer and extends it to all believers and to future believers, that's me and you, that we would be united shows what an important concept this is to Jesus. But what type of unity is being spoken about here? Is it uniformity? Is it we all have to be the same? Do we have to look the same? It's not. It's not talking about us being in uniform. It's not talking about the unity of institutions or the unity of race, male or female. It's talking about the unity of the spirit. The unity Jesus is praying for is one rooted in love, rooted in the truth of God, rooted in a shared nature and bringing together the many parts of Jesus's body. Ephesians 4 verses 3 through 4 says, Paul talking to the Ephesians, he's telling them, be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one that belongs to your call. Romans 12, 4 through 5, in the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. Come on. The word of God is alive. I love how it is explaining the body and 
giving a representation of what the body of God, of Christ, of the church can really look like. You look at your body, every part of your body has a different function. Your heart has a function. Your hands, even the fingers on your hand have different functions. But together they must work in unity. And that is who we are. You, everyone here has a different gift, has a different calling. But we are all called to be in unity. God isn't calling us to uniformity. He's calling us to, uniform, to unity. Uniformity is the state of having the same form, the same manner, the same degree, but unity refers to union or harmony of a group of people. Union and harmony. Amen? So I want to give you some points on what happens when we take the word unity and actually apply it to our lives. The first one is unity promotes peace. Who wants some peace in their life? I don't know about you, but I want some peace in my life. Peace, unity promotes peace. You know, the Hebrew word for peace, shalom, is more than just simply getting along or tolerating those around you. But shalom is a feeling of contentment, completeness, wholeness, well-being, and harmony. Matthew 5, 9 reads, God blesses those who work. Come on. Those who work for peace. Those who work for complete harmony, wholeness, well-being. For they will be children of God. We will be known by the peace we have when we unite. Like I said earlier, one of our... Um, things that we say here at Colca is the spirit of the warrior and the S-P-I-R-T. The P stands for peacemaker. I love that Pastor Jessica spoke about peacemaker in our chapel a few weeks ago. And I just, you have to preach this message one day, Pastor Jessica, to everybody. But um, I love something that she said is, what is the difference between people pleasing and being a peacemaker? Let me tell you, people-pleasing, this is what she said, and I believe it because it's true. People-pleasing leads to burnout. When you are just trying to tolerate things and just keep the peace without really finding resolution, that's going to lead to burnout, which is going to lead to division, and it's going to lead to disunity. Peacemaking confronts the truth of God. The truth of God, not our opinions, not how we feel, but the truth of God in love. Peacemaking work towards harmony, towards well-being, towards contentment. Being a peacemaker takes hard work. It really does. But let me tell you something. It will always produce unity. And when you have peace in your life, you eliminate toxicity, you eliminate anxiety, and you eliminate division and disunity. Unity promotes peace. The second thing that unity can do is it causes victories. 
Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work with us, to him be glory in the church, in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And if you read this verse in context, you see that Paul is talking about unity. Paul is talking about when the Jews and Gentiles unite. What can happen when people from all walks of life, Jews, Gentiles, poor, rich, male, female, what happens when we unite? God is able to do more than you have ever imagined. When we unite for kingdom work, nothing is impossible for God. God will do far more than we ever thought when we are united in vision. When we unite, there is success, there is triumph, there is wins, there is victory in Jesus' name. The third thing that unity can produce is love. Unity produces love. When Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead, he proved to be fully God. He proved to be fully God. There is unity in the Trinity. And it was because of the love of the Father that he sent his son to die for us. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave of himself. He wanted to draw us back into unity with him. You see, the cross wasn't just this bridge that brought us closer together into unity. It was a weapon that fully destroyed walls and barriers and gave us the opportunity to be co-heirs with Jesus, to be united with him. We are now united because of the love of God. Through unity, we can learn to love the way Jesus loved. That's hard. But where there is love, there is unity. And love will always fight for unity. So I want to ask you, what would our church, what would our world look like if we came together in unity? What would your life look like if you truly chose to live a life of unity? What is causing disunity in your life? Is it a relationship? Is it a mindset? Is it an addiction? Is it some type of secret sin that's just not allowing you to get closer? You see, sin separates us from God. But when you are in community, when you are in unity, people can point those things out in you. They can correct you. They can give you godly wisdom. But see, that's what the devil, what the enemy wants. He wants to keep you far away. So I ask you again, what is causing disunity in your life? Are you coming here on Sunday? Last week we did, we had an amazing weekend of Love Strong. Yeah, 
going to celebrate my marriage. God is good. But then you're going home and you're fighting with your spouse. Maybe not sleeping in the same room. You're taking your kids to Icon, taking them to church, but then you're allowing them to be glued to their phone all week long. Who's teaching your child? Is it TikTok or is it Jesus? Come on. I bring kids into my office all the time. And when parents are crying, oh, I don't know what to do with my child. Have you checked their phone? Have you seen their latest TikTok? You COCA students know people be sending me your TikToks. I see what you're doing. What? Literally, there are studies that show that social media creates anxiety in young minds. You need to be aware what is causing disunity in your teenager. What is causing them to not want to come to church? What is causing them to not want to go to youth group? What junk is your child watching? What junk are you watching? Come on. What is causing disunity in your relationships? Your unity is your biggest testimony. The unity in your marriage, the unity in your family, the unity in your relationships. And I just want to take a moment. I might get emotional. I have grown up in church my whole life. My dad was a pastor. You know, I used to live out in East Orlando, so I've seen a couple churches. But when the Lord brought me here, and I began to be united in a vision, I saw firsthand the unity and the love that Pastor Jeff and Pastor Amy had for each other. And every time people would ask me, like, oh, tell me about your church, I was like, it's not the perfect church, but I tell you one thing, the health and unity that I see in my pastors is nothing, like nothing I've ever seen. And just to see them in this season, like they spoke about last weekend, one of the toughest seasons to see your child sick with unknowns and to see how strong they are, that's not something that happened overnight. That is something that they worked for because you see unity produces peace, causes victory, victory, it fights for love. That's what unity does. God blesses those who are in unity. Unity is so important to God. And he's even so clear on what to do when you're not in unity. Matthew 18 says, you're not in unity, go talk to that person. They're still not in unity, bring a couple friends with you, talk it out. They're still not in unity, take it to the church. Still not in unity, okay, then treat them like an unbeliever. But it's so important to them and important to Jesus. And then he says, where two or three are gathered, that is unity. It's to say in unity, I am there. God is in the midst where there is unity. If there is anything that is causing people not to see Jesus in you, it's disunity. That's what it is. What is separating you from God? What is separating you from being in unity with the Father? 
with your family, with your church family? What is causing you anxiety? What is bringing toxicity, adding stress to your life? What is not allowing you to be in unity, church? Is it sin? Is it a relationship? Is it unforgiveness? Is it pride? Is it a mindset? Is it picking and choosing what parts of the Bible you want to listen to? Jesus died so we could be united with God. So we could be filled with peace. Winning at life even in the midst of the storm and filled with his love. You know, today is an opportunity that we get to talk about Christian education, talk about our school of ministry. We dedicate one Sunday out of the year because we believe and know that there is unity in what we are doing here. The education each Colca student is receiving is one that is biblically sound, one where teachers and staff get to promote the love of Jesus every day. Our interns get to see firsthand the different workings of a church from the administrative. Yes, church, they do administrative stuff too. It's not just at what you see here on Sunday. But they get to see firsthand the different workings so that the church can be unified, so our ministries could be unified. And it's with the same goal to see people come to Jesus. That's what it's all about. I believe our best days are ahead. God wants to use you. You don't have to have a microphone. You don't have to be up on, on this platform, on this altar with the pulpit. You don't need to have a large social media presence. What my teachers are doing every single day in that classroom when no one is watching is telling those young, impressionable minds about the love of Jesus. It's what Mrs. Ojeda did to that young eighth grader, that Jesus loves you. That is bringing unity to the body of Christ. Whether it's sending your children here, getting your young adult involved here, or whether it's you praying for us, getting involved, volunteering, figuring out what you can do, it's all about unity so that they will know and believe that you sent me. That's what Jesus said. I believe and know that if we choose to live in unity, there will be peace. We will see victories and we will live in love and harmony with those around us. I want to pray today. I want to pray. We always do a salvation prayer at the end of every service. But I also want to pray for unity. If there is anybody here battling that in disunity, if you're coming here on Sundays and living one way and then at home it's just complete chaos, disorder, disunity, I want to pray for you today. If you're sending your kids here, you don't know what else to do, I want to pray for them. I want to pray for... God, to guide you, give you wisdom and discernment on how to be unified. So with every head bowed and eye closed, if you need prayer for unity, you have any type of disunity in your life, 
disorder and chaos. You see, when Jesus, when the Father, the God Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were in the beginning, there was chaos. And what did he do? He unified it. He created order and he created unity and a flow to things because that's what God does. He takes the chaos and he brings order and he brings unity. If that's you today, if you need some unity in your life, you can raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand lifted here today that is living a life of chaos, that is living a life of disorder, that is living a life that is not in unity with you, God. I pray, God, right now for order. I pray for your Holy Spirit to come in. I pray, God, if there is any unforgiveness, any pride, anything that is coming against you, your nature, and I declare peace, I declare unity. I declare love. In Jesus' name. And if you are here today and you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity to invite order into your life. The opportunity for Jesus to come in and bring you back and bring you back into unity and introduce you to unity. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus and you've never accepted him in your heart, will you lift your hand? I see those hands. If that's you, you can lift your hand. This is your opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to unity, to say yes to living a life that pleases God. You can repeat after me, dear Heavenly Father, I invite you into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I say goodbye to the old life and say yes to you, Jesus. A life with you, a life in unity. I confess my sin. I confess my disorder. And I confess that you are Lord of my life. And I will live a life striving to please you and honor you one that is united in vision with you, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Love you, church. Thank you so much for this opportunity to get to speak with you. I hope you're blessed today. Have a wonderful Sunday. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.